It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Masterplan world. Welcome to our latest podcast. It is a pleasure to have you out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas. I'm the creator of the e-commerce Masterplan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on solving your e-commerce marketing problems. If you have an e-commerce problem you'd like my help solving, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash solve, where you'll find a link to a form to fill in and I will aim to get back to you as quick as I possibly can. Let me introduce you to today's special guest. Edward Wimmer is the co-founder and CEO of Road ID. Founded in 1999, they've grown from Edward and his dad in the basement to 45 staff and shipping millions of units. Hello, Edward. Hello, Chloe. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. Now, I've, I've left it very, very mysterious about how you got started and what your product even is. So um, do you want to give our, let our listeners know how you ended up getting into this world of e-commerce, please? Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, I always enjoy telling the story of where we came from and what we're trying to achieve in the world. And uh, Road ID, for the listeners that have never heard of it, and I suspect there's a few of, uh, a few of them, uh, it's a wearable ID. You wear it on your wrist or on your shoe or around your neck that communicates who you are, who to contact, and how to access medical information in an emergency. So the genesis of our product goes back to when I was a senior in college, uh, decided to train for a marathon with some buddies. Uh, hindsight being what it is, uh, there are a lot better times to train for marathon than your senior year of college or university. <laughs> Uh, but we decided to do it nonetheless and uh, really just threw our full selves into it. And because I was a good son, I would make an obligatory call home to the, the folks uh, once every couple of weeks. And on one of those calls, uh, I had a fateful conversation with my father where I was telling him about marathon training and running long distances on country roads, uh, rural country roads on uh, on the weekends, 14, 16, 18 miles at a time. And uh, he kind of stopped me in my tracks on that phone call and said, well, what are you doing? And so I explained a bit more about the training. And he, uh, he had a concern, which was, well, Edward, what if you get hit by a car or something happens to you while you're out there running on these country roads? And being 21 years of age and invincible, I quickly dismissed Dad's concern. Uh, but he, he envisioned me having an accident and selfishly on his behalf, like he wanted to know that if I had an accident, he wanted to be able to be by my side or show up to the hospital or know that something happened. Um, but I dismissed his concern and went about marathon training. And it was it was that weekend on a long run on a country road where I was nearly hit by a, a pickup truck. And so luckily I was uh, I was alert and focused and I was able to avoid being hit. But to avoid being hit, I had to put myself in a ditch on the side of the road. And I like to say that from that ditch, I had two very scary realizations. One is that I could have been hit by that truck. I could have been fighting for my life, unconscious, unidentified in a local hospital. And because I didn't have any form of ID on me, because when you go out for a run, you just have shoes and shorts and shirt mm-hmm. and you go for it. But because I didn't have any ID on, I could have been fighting for my life and nobody would know who I was, who to call, how to access medical records or any of that. I, mean, I could literally be at a point when I would want people by my side more than ever, and nobody would know who I was. And that uh, that freaked me out. But what scared me even more is the second realization from that ditch was that for the first time in 21 years, I might actually have to admit that my dad was right. 
Yeah, that is that's properly scary. <laughs> no one so, should have to go through that. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, that's a that's a nightmare. Uh, so it was a a few months later from his basement, armed with two credit cards. Uh, each credit card had a five thousand dollar U.S. Uh, limit on them. That we decided that we were going to try to start a company that would help that would solve this problem of wearable ID, mainly for athletes, runners, cyclists, triathletes, people that go out and they train and compete, and they're typically doing it without any form of ID. So we created our first product. Uh, started, uh, you know, a few months after we started, we started selling online. Uh, but we. Uh, Starting a business is hard, as most of your your listeners know, and there were some very lean, meager days, uh, months and years in the in the early part. But my dad and I, sitting shoulder to shoulder in his leaky basement, uh, said that you know all the effort, the blood, sweat, and the tears, the fact that we were working two jobs and eating a, a bunch of uh, really crappy food uh, because it was cheap, all of that would be worth it if we could help just one person. And then we got that first phone call uh, from a gentleman named Brian who used our, our ID in an accident and helped him out. Uh, and we knew that we were making that we had made a positive difference in somebody's lives. And it, it's no exaggeration when I say today, every day, somebody's reaching out to, telling us, thank God for the road ID. And those stories range in scope from the fairly uh, the fairly benign. Somebody trips over a curb. They're relatively okay, but EMS shows up and asks a bunch of questions while the person's in pain. Uh, they simply hand over the road ID and it does all the talking for them. To customers that say they wouldn't be alive today without their product, to very tragic stories that we don't talk about very often that are honestly hard for me to talk about without getting choked up. We we've had uh, a mother post on our on our Facebook page in a very public way thanking us because because her, because her son was wearing a road ID when he got hit by a car on his bicycle, she was able to be at the hospital in enough time to hold his hands to tell him she loved him one last time. So that's uh, very motivating for our staff of 45 that you mentioned. Uh, you know, our goal, our dream is to see the day when wearing ID is as common as strapping on a seatbelt. And uh, to bring this back to, to e-commerce, you know, that's how we do it. We, we try to tell the story in, in effective ways and get people to our, uh, our e-commerce experience. We try to wow them through that so that they will go tell everybody they know uh, that they need to wear a road ID. Very cool. Um, so much, clearly so much passion in the business and clearly such a, such a clear vision. Um, it must, must have been fascinating to see the internet change from 1999 when you put that first store on the net through to now. So I'm guessing the setup you've got is not the same as it was in 1999. So, <laughs> so what do you, you know, what, what's the setup these days? Where, what platform are you selling on? Let's start there. Well, we were, uh, because we grew up in e-commerce and I like to joke that it was us and Amazon uh, back in the day, uh, which isn't really true, but not far from it. The we we built our own platform to launch with, and because our product was uh, fairly custom, so you have to specify, you know, five to seven lines of custom text to be engraved on your on your road ID when you buy it. Uh, as as platforms started coming online, they just didn't meet our needs because they weren't uh, we, they couldn't we couldn't extend them far enough to to sell our product. Uh, so we were custom bespoke all the way up until September of last year when we finally made the leap to go to a, a platform. We selected Shopify Plus and are really happy with it. 
Excellent. If anyone out there wants to give Shopify a go, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Shopify, where you will find a link to get a really great deal on your Shopify account. But you'll also find lots of podcasts from other people who are on Shopify. So you can plot your your next steps. So is it has it been nice being on something that's not completely bespoke? Because that's a big step to make. It, it's a, it was a very big step, and we had to extend Shopify to meet our needs. Uh, everything that we wanted to do wasn't available out of the box, as you can imagine, because it is a custom product. Uh, but it is so great to have the network of apps that people are building for the platform. So if we want to test and experiment, uh, it used to be that we had to build our own test and build our own experiment and, and see if it worked. We're, we're pretty good at custom development. Uh, we have a team of engineers uh, in-house. Uh, we have our creative in-house. So we can do that work. We have done that work, but it's just a lot more expensive to test or experiment uh, when you're not really sure if something's going to work out. So one of the things I'm excited to test I, uh, right now that we'll probably end up testing this week is uh, Facebook Messenger Abandoned Cart. I'm, I feel a little wary about testing it. I, I feel like Messenger is a uh, is a bit of a personal thing to uh, a bit of a personal way to be messaging somebody, but because the apps exist and we don't have to do a lot of work to test it, we're going to turn one on and we're going to see how it goes. It is brilliant just being able to go. Oh, let's just test it. Not we'd like to test this, but it's going to take two weeks. Is it therefore worth it? Because you know you you can you can kind of just flip the coin a lot more often. I always think. With, uh, with Shopify. So are there a couple of Shopify plugins you're particularly pleased with? Yeah, I would say uh, Stamped for ratings and reviews uh, has been great. Uh, it's very similar to something that we built custom uh, a few years ago. Uh, and it's so it's pretty sharp and it does all, everything that we want for a fraction of the cost of our, uh, of our former custom solution. So uh, that's great. Uh, here in the States, uh, we use ID discounts. It used to be formerly called ID services. And what they do is they verify the first responder community, military uh, EMS services so that you can extend a discount uh, for them. We used to have a custom built program for that, but the, uh, here's a here's an app that just turns on and can do all the verification of these uh, folks for you, so that you know you're actually giving the discount to uh, to the right people. And we give a pretty steep discount to the first responder community. It's fifty percent off of our ID products. So we wanted to make sure that somebody really was a police officer. They really are a uh, uh, in the military. So that's great. We also use uh, Fulfill Fulfill.io for inventory and order management, not really a, uh, a, an app that you plug into uh, to Shopify, but one that, it, that uh, is very well supported by Shopify. Excellent recommendations there. Now, you mentioned that you've got like the creative in-house and your techies in-house. What else, are, what are the rest of your 45 team up to? And um, do you choose to outsource anything? We do. Uh, we like to say we're pretty soup to nuts, top to bottom uh, here. So uh, on that staff is, yes, we've got development, we've got creative, we've got admin. Uh, we also have a rock star customer service team. We think uh, delivering an amazing customer experience is very important. So we probably overstaff uh, on, on customer service. Uh, we also do the manufacturing pick, pack, and ship of our product uh, in-house as well. So that that rounds out the the group. 
Uh, it's as far as agencies or partners, and we like to call them partners because we don't believe that uh, we should have a business relationship with anyone that doesn't really uh, view us or we view them as a partner. But we uh, in the UK, we've, we've just opened up a small distribution uh, facility about an hour north of London, and uh, we're, we're using a, an agency partner there, Red Hot Penny, to help us uh, really replicate some of the things that we've been successful with here in the States. Uh, doing it a, a British way. So uh, we we leverage agencies like Red Hot Penny and here domestically, other some other uh, paid search and paid social partners. But that's really about it. I'm glad you mentioned the, the expansion into the UK because that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about because I often get people on the podcast who sell to the whole world because they can, but you're taking a very proactive approach to expanding your geographical reach, aren't you? So, so why why did you decide to do that, I suppose, to start off with? Well, I think the, the consumer is demanding something different. Uh, it wasn't too long ago that we, we shipped a custom product in two or three days from the time an order was placed. And we felt really good about ourselves in, in doing that. We thought a custom product out the door in two to three days, like who would, who would expect anything faster? Mm-hmm. Well, then Amazon comes along and says, if you're not shipping it the same day, then you're not really delivering great service. Uh, so we we had to find a way to deliver a custom product that's ordered by noon the, the same day. And there's some advantages to that. So we do sell on the Amazon channel. And we like to believe we were the first, if not uh, one of the very early uh, uh, sellers on, that, on the Amazon platform to get seller-fulfilled prime for a custom product. So we still ship it out of our facility. It's a custom product. You order, it's got the prime badging. And if you order it on Amazon, you, uh, by 11 a.m. it ships, I believe it's 11, uh, by 11 a.m. it ships the the same day. And so there's power in that. And yes, we can ship all over the world and have been doing so for, uh, for over a decade via cross-border e-commerce, but the consumer is expecting something a little different. Um, and there's, you know, it, uh, the United Kingdom was our second biggest market outside of the, the United States and Canada. Uh, so it was a logical place to, for us to go. And it was a logical place for us to learn and figure out how to do uh, boots on the ground mm-hmm. uh, in, in other countries uh, better. Yeah, so we, I, I guess for you, it's not just a case of, you know, putting some stock in a warehouse in another country, you've actually got to do the personalization as well. So there's quite a lot of complexity more than the average business might have in doing that localized right. dispatch. I'm a little jealous of companies that can just use a third party <laughs> company and uh, call it a day. I would say, though, that that's really not our style, uh, even if we could, because we the what we put in the package and how we pack the package and the way that it's delivered to the uh, the customer is really important to us. So that that unboxing experience uh, is really important to our business. Uh, we like to say that uh, you know it's, marketing is hard, right? It's there's mm-hmm. so many things that you could do. Uh, the the trick is finding out. Uh, what are the what are the few levers that are actually going to work for for your company? And we've always we've always strongly believed that the strongest lever are our customers. They are if we can deliver them a product, a service, and a journey that's so blindingly awesome they can't help but share it. That's more powerful than any marketing we can we can pay for. So we we invest a lot in trying to make sure that 
the customer is wowed by the time they get their package. And probably doable with a 3PL, uh, but a little more challenging. Very true. And so, so obviously, because you've got to put that on the ground people into the country to actually make make the product i suppose then it's you actually have to to really commit to the marketing and the website and the rest of it as well that's right so we uh we, we don't have this perfect by any stretch of the imagination but we have launched a uh, a uk website uh, bringing on our agency partner that i mentioned earlier red hot penny has uh, certainly helped us uh with our localization efforts because we realize that localizing just isn't changing, uh, you know, Z's to S's and <laughs> sure that we're in Z is not a word is a word I've learned recently. <laughs> you say it very Z, well. <laughs> right. Uh, but there's, there are nuances and, and we may speak the same language, uh, and there's certainly plenty of common ground, but there are differences and we don't want to just show up, uh, in the UK as an American company. We want to show up uh, as an American company that you would want to invite to your dinner table. So there's, I think there are, there are challenges and opportunities in, in doing that. Definitely. So, um, so clearly things are, things have, have grown a lot over the last what 15, no, nearly 20 years now since you started the business, I guess, looking back over those 20 years, are there a couple of things you wish someone had told you before you, had gone through the experience yourself, things that might help the listeners? Yeah, I think, um, well, I, I'd say the biggest difference between uh, then and now are the resources that are available. So back in 1999, when we were starting the company, I, the startup ecosystem that exists today around the globe did not exist. It wasn't cool to be an entrepreneur. Now it's not only cool, but there's a lot of resources that you can seek out in the, in the community uh, as you are trying to start up. And uh, there are likely in, in many people's uh, communities uh, uh, resources that they can go to that have been there, done that when it comes to e-commerce. So mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that I wish I had had the opportunity to do and didn't was just to seek out other experts on the topic. So listening to podcasts like this you know, is uh, is a great resource for people trying to figure out uh, how they might grow a company. And then I'll plug Shopify again. Um, I don't get any royalties from Shopify. They're not going to give me a discount uh, on, on the next month of service by saying so. But they're, they're doing a pretty strong job of democratizing e-commerce. So certainly get leverage the tools. And I guess finally, I would say... Just don't give up. Like it's, uh, it would, there are plenty of times when starting a business or launching a product or getting into a service where you're going to wonder if you're, if you're pointed in the right direction and you're doing the right thing. And it's the people that have those feelings that keep moving forward uh, that eventually make it. Good. And I'm going to flip it now to go the other direction. Um, everyone's going to be, this, this podcast is pretty much our last going to be released of 2018. So I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, what are you looking forward to the most about 2019? What's got you most excited within the business for the plans for the coming year? This, uh, I hope this relates to, to the audience, but one of the things that we continue to rededicate ourselves to is that customer experience. And I think I said it before, but it's, it's a product service and journey so blindingly awesome that our customers can't help but share it. And we used to be, we used to really stand out on, on that front, uh, likely because 
there weren't a whole lot of e-commerce companies uh, doing service really well back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so a decade plus ago, I'll say. Uh, but then some companies came along and they really started to get the experience uh, right. And they were giving us a run for our money in, in terms of experience. Zappos is uh, an example. Uh, Dollar Shave Club really did a strong job of, of nailing the customer experience and journey. And so we didn't stand out nearly as much as we used to because we used to be really strong in a sea of suckiness. And now, <laughs> now we are we are good among a lot of we are really strong among a lot of really strong uh, people that are cu- cu- companies that are customer obsessed. So we're mm-hmm. trying to we're trying to stand out again and and move the move up a step on the ladder in terms of standing out in customer experience. And to that end, one of the things that we're going to be focusing on in 2019 is really reducing the time to purchase. Which for our product, as you can imagine, takes a bit more time. When you want to, when you need to put seven lines of custom information on an ID, and that might be somebody's phone number, or and you might have to look that up in your contacts on your phone, or it might be an allergy you're wondering if you have, so you have to call call your mom to mm-hmm. find out if uh, if you have the the allergy or not. Uh, there's there's a lot of a lot of effort involved in in customizing and buying our product. And not to sound crude, but we, we really feel like the opportunity for our product and any product online is to make sure that the customer can buy it uh, while they're sitting on the toilet. Uh, <laughs> it need, you need to go from an ad on Instagram to a product detail page and through checkout uh, in, a, in a very short period of time. So we, we have long believed that the, the, the formula for e-commerce is as simple as sessions times conversion rate times average order value equals revenue. So move those three, move those mm-hmm. three uh, metrics in a positive direction and you're really onto something. Well, we're, we're kind of flipping that on its head now and saying time to purchase really might be the more important metric. Let's get people through the funnel as quickly as possible. And then we can work on lifetime value and referral rates and things like that. Love that. I love that, that you've not only have you kind of gone, oh, let, let's work on time, time to purchase, but it's not just a, ooh, that looks exciting. It's a fundamental part of the principles of the business and the principles of successful e-commerce of let's serve the customer well. And the right now, the m- number one thing we need to improve to serve them well is the time to purchase. I like I like that that end-to-end vision you've just given us there. So thank yeah. you very much for that, Edward. And thank you for surmising that in about two sentences where it took me. <laughs> It's what I'm here for. Uh, okay. I think we should now go into the top tips round and get some more great advice from you. Um, as the listeners know, I love this section because it gives all of us some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Edward, first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I'm going to ask you to let me cheat here a little bit. Um, I would recommend what I consider to be the business Bible, uh, Good to Great by Jim Collins. It's it's not e-commerce focused, but it is very sound business fundamentals. And uh, it's something that we've leaned on a lot over the years to make sure that we kept the company pointed in the right direction. Uh, it's a It's a big book. Uh, so in terms of reading it on a Friday, uh, I'm not sure that's doable. It's not the speed <laughs> I read. Uh, but uh, a very strong book, a, a much lesser known book, but powerful tool for managers and leaders is one called Fierce Conversations. Uh, it's by Susan Scott and really h- helps you make sure that 
the people inside your organization are, are achieving as they need to achieve. Um, if you had 15 minutes and then you haven't watched Simon Sinek's Golden Circle video that you can find on YouTube from a, a long ago TED Talk, I would highly recommend uh, that. It's, uh, do that immediately after you stop listening to this podcast. I love it. Three three different types of advice there. Very cool. Um, and I've certainly seen the or read Good to Great and cannot but recommend that one enough as well. Uh, okay, the traffic top tip then. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I'm um, I'm reading another book right now called Traction that talks about the 19 uh, marketing levers. It's not the it's not the leadership traction. It's a different book called Traction about marketing levers and finding your marketing bullseye. But uh, and that really illustrates for me that there's so many things you can possibly that you can do to help grow the business. And sometimes that can be the hard part is just finding which are the right ones. I'm a, I'm a firm believer that uh, word of mouth has always been and will always be the, the most powerful marketing tool uh, that you have in your toolbox. So that's why we believe so firmly in creating a creating a really strong customer experience, backing it up with amazing service and making sure that you're constantly uh, talking to your consumers or, or having a conversation with your consumers as a person and not as a company. Because we also believe fundamentally that consumers don't want to do business with businesses they want to do business with people. So at every touch point, uh, making sure that you're coming across as, uh, as a human with a heartbeat and not a, not a corporation with a pocketbook. More excellent advice. Right, the tool top tip then. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug-in, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Oh, the... Uh... The software tools or tools question. Um, we've I think we've tried it all. Uh, we use email, but it's inefficient for uh, for lots of reasons. Slack is great, but tends to be disruptive. Uh, Trello is a really great tool, but doesn't work for everything. We use Flow for some some project management uh, things that we do, but it's time consuming to maintain. Asana really powerful, but also really gnarly. Uh, the best thing that we do to make sure that we're all staying on the same page and pointed in the right direction is a, a 10-minute stand-up meeting at our Kanban board every morning. So I don't think any tool uh, can replace the organic face-to-face -face communication that, uh, that you get by simply tapping a coworker on the shoulder. Uh, what stand-up provides for us is an opportunity for a lot of really uh, quick uh, but effective meetings to occur after that, uh, after stand-up. So lots of times a, a topic will arise and people need more clarity and that clarity can be, uh, can be given uh, in just a few minutes after uh, a 10-minute stand-up where everybody's involved. Nice. I like that. I always like it when it's an offline tip. Um, it's nice, nice to spin it on its head like that. Right. The growth top tip then. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Focus on the, uh, the purpose behind what you're doing and making sure you're communicating that purpose or that why to your consumers. Uh, and then just nail the product, the journey uh, and the service and let your customers do the selling for you. So if you work really hard on that, then they're going to become your brand evangelist and they're going to go shout from the rooftops of social media and at dinner parties about how awesome you are. 
And that'll be uh, more powerful than any other marketing trick uh, in the book. Love it. Well, look, Master Plan World, you can find the top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll see a link to this show. Now, Edward, before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know they were, where, where even they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Yeah, on the web at roadid.com or uk.roadid.com. Uh, social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter is simply roadid. Nice and easy to find. Well, I'll add links to that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Again, Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Edward, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been awesome to hear your passion for your vision and your product and how you've gone about turning um, turning that idea back in the basement into, into a really successful business. So thank you very much. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Well, kind of crazy to be talking to an e-commerce business that's been around for about 20 years. Kind of blows the mind. Um, but great to hear how they've had that kind of purpose of vision right from the very beginning. And then I particularly liked his point about, uh, obviously, obviously his point around focusing on the customer and creating that great customer service and the different things you need to focus on to do that. But also his point about the marketing levers and that what you need to do is to zero in on the marketing methods that work for you. And there's quite a bit of testing that goes into finding them. But once you've found them, really become expert at them because they're going to be the things that bring you that that buying traffic day after day, week after week. If you liked the little look forward to 2019 there and the the lessons from the past as well, then do watch out for our expert shows. They're going to be the next two coming up where we're going to, I'm going to be asking a number of e-commerce experts what they think was great about e-commerce in 2018 and what they're looking forward to in 2019. Those will be coming up very soon. If you're listening in the past or when this one's old, then you'll be able to get them straight away. So do dive into those. Year on year, they tend to be some of our most popular episodes. If you are enjoying the podcast, then please do share it with your e-commerce friends, Twitter, Facebook, over a coffee or a pint, or even by leaving us a review on iTunes. All of it goes to help get the podcast out to ever more listeners, which means we're helping ever more businesses improve their own businesses. Have a great week and keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.